Drunk and disorderly is 39. They say 39. Drunk and disorderly is 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 39. 39. How many? 39. All right. Should we legit start the show now? Yeah, thank God. No, thanks. Keep going thanks until the, the song ends. Thanks. Think, to, yeah, think, we got to keep going until like, the song ends. I think we've like really, really impressed our audience already with our singing skills here on stage. And then thanks, uh, now we introduce ourselves. Thanks I'm to Chris. Mars, and you are, I'm uh, Trevor. And uh, look up, look up, look way up. Robert Michael Malcolm II, a.k.a. Big, Big Bob. Bob. Big Bob in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Hi. welcome. And we are recording live here downtown Toronto at the beautiful... 1830, 9 Clarence Square. Where this place is phenomenal. If you, if you haven't been here yet, you're missing out. They just uh, opened up in January, and it's delightful. We have the cornucopia of things for our eyes that we're looking at right now. It's very Instagrammable. This place is Instagrammable. I feel bad for everybody looking at us because what we're looking at is way better but behind yeah. you guys. There's so. a tree over there with all kinds of blossoms. There's <laughs> multiple chandeliers. Hand-blowing balls of glass with roses inside them. And probably it contained the soul of magic fairies. That as soon as I for I, sure a magic I, mirror right I, there. I exploded, oh, sure. I exploded no, many fairies. It, it last is week. absolutely it is absolutely one of those spots that's conducive to to telling stories and listening to stories. And uh, I guess that's why we're here tonight. Very right? fortunate. Like we're very fortunate. Yeah, to it be is here. like a speakeasy only. Less people passed out or overdosing on the floor. <laughs> so is that the technical term of speakeasy? This is an interesting one for me. This is our fourth podcast, and I yeah. am just coming out of being, like, feeling not like wait, a wait. human. I was so hungover on Sunday, so, and, and I've been really not drinking <laughs> wow. a whole lot. Not I was going to say. And then I decided it was a birthday party on Saturday, so I decided yeah, to turn it on. Turn it on. A friend of mine, she wanted to come along, and she, she was into dancing, so we had several uh, doubles and some shots and... Ended up at the hideout till 4 a.m. That's how you do it, right? Fantastic. A hideout, yeah. doubles yeah, and shots so. to the hideout. That's how you do it, uh, right? I right, like everybody? This is my, this is my yeah. first legitimate 39 drunk and disorderlies. Not that I was disorderly, but I was definitely drunk on Saturday. Fair enough. This is how drunk I was on Saturday. I slept till 11, stayed up till 1 p.m., then I slept from 1 till 9 p.m., <laughs> and then I went to bed again at 11. <laughs> so I was up from 11 till 1 and 9 till 11. And then I got up this morning at... Uh, Pretty early, actually, uh, like 7:30. So I'm back on track completely. But uh, yeah, you go to the hideout and then you hide out. I right. guess that's what happens. Right. Uh, right. Oh. So, <laughs> so cheers to that. Drink up. Drink yeah, up. I was gonna what say, how is everybody's drunk and disorderlies in the last yes. week? You know. How was your weekend? Talk to us, Bob. Oh, Tell us. Well, what's, what's up? I work on the weekends. I work uh, two double back-to-back shifts, right? So I do a bar and then a booze can. So Which is, uh, for those of us uh, who didn't know the term... A speakeasy and after hours, you know, yeah, we, a gin rummy. We like to make sure everyone knows that a gin rummy booze can is an after hours. It's perfectly legit, though. After. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's legit in the sense that the cops go, hey. Oh, sure, sure, and, until they give you tickets. I haven't had one. In 20 years, what I haven't, it, I haven't what's, had So one. what's the deal with that? Like, okay, do cops right. come up? Or? Listen, I'm not aware. In fact, I've been told by lawyers I shouldn't come and talk to them anymore. So, 
when you, when, you, when you quote these statistics or legal facts later on, take that with the grain of salt that you're listening to like a 400 pound drunk guy who you probably shouldn't be trusting, okay? So when the cops deal with booze cans or after hours, the problem is this, it's a municipal fine, right? For, for vending liquor after hours out of license. That's, that's the issue, right? Right. However, the problem is the customers themselves aren't committing a crime because they're of legal drinking age and can drink. What about all the below? Is that a crime? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That is usually blink, a crime. Blink, blink. However, once again, that is a separate issue, right? Like, usually if the establishment is smart, they have nothing to do directly with right. those, those. Also, it's another reason why you can't sell cigarettes, because that's a federal offense. And you need to do real time for that. Go figure. Hey, tobacco, man. It's Control. like you can, you, can, you can drink here until literally you cannot see. But if I sell you one cigarette... How dare you? You <laughs> bastards. <laughs> but I want to smoke so bad. That's the worst part. At 6 in the morning when you've been drinking for five hours, yeah. all you want is that smoke, right? <laughs> you can sell smokes. They just have to be DNRs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even smoke. That's pretty good cigarette knowledge. Oh, uh, The I'm worst cigarette I ever so. smoked. Most people don't know these even exist. Yeah. And they're hard to prove it. But you can look it up. It's a fact. No name brand actually for a very short period of time had cigarettes as well. This is when grocery stores <laughs> this is when grocery stores still sold cigarettes. Literally, right? So you go to No Frills and get a pack of no name cigarettes. And I'm not kidding. Yellow pack, fucking no name on the pack. Like, no joke. Tasted, tasted literally like you were smoking rolled up cat shit. I mean, it was the, the lowest grade of tobacco they could like sell to anyone legally and still be like, well, it came from a plant, sort of like tobacco. It was growing near the tobacco, like, you know what I mean? These people guys lawn clippings fell like, no, they were bad. Really, really bad. It was tobacco until a cat ate it. Well, like I said, and somebody, you, somebody you know they got the price they got on because they imported it from the Soviet Union. You know what I mean? They were like, like God, he's been frozen in bunker for 40 years. They're still good. Sell them. When I was in Dominican Republic one time, I uh, bought weed from a guy named Pedro on the beach, and I smoked it, and uh, it was great, except it looked like it was weed that a goat ate, then shit out, then I smoked, <laughs> if I were to describe it. <laughs> but you still smoked it. Oh, of course we did. It was all we had. It's like the beggars can't be shoes no, in another country. You. I don't have a guy. No, she did. Like, the guy was Pedro. Guy. <laughs> the ghost shit weed guy. guy. Pedro, that's awesome. Guy. You know, oh, you yeah. just gave Pedro a reason to come here and whack you because you're like off his weed in public. Like. Oh, wow. Which Pedro is it? Who knows? <laughs> he knows. He's going to remember you. <laughs> Get an email later. This is Pedro. No, I told him my, my name was Big Poppy. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't goats. It wasn't goats. My worst brown frown was it looked like now in retrospect, it looked like, you know, after you do a vaporizer and then it extracts it, so it's, it's just brown. Yeah. Literally, I got, we got a half ounce. We were in grade nine, I want to say. My sister's friend, like five years older. Yeah, sure, I'll sell you a half ounce. <laughs> Give, gives it to us, but he, like, jumps it out of a truck, gives it to us, jumps into another truck. Nice. I guess he was like a dealer or whatever, right? So they do these things. Sure. And it was just like, here's a bag, here's the money, and he's gone. It's literally like, did it even happen? And we get to the treehouse to smoke it, and we look at it, and we're like... Why did you put fuck? quotations over the treehouse? Well, because the treehouse was made of trees, but it wasn't in trees. Okay. <laughs> it was just piles of brush on the ground? No, no, no. It's like, it's like you know, like a uh, made... Um, it's a manufacturing Ford. structure. Yeah, it's a, it, it's, but it's not in the oh, tree. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got it's you. like you have to you take Just little like mocks. Playground. Yeah, playground. Right. Okay. So that's why I'm like it's a tree house. Thank you. 
Does that, does that quantify? The does that quantify the? And Sorry, so, continue. well, that's the end of the story. It was brown frown. It sucked. Oh. Okay. Well, we're talking a lot about weed for a uh, podcast about drunk and disorderly. So maybe we that's should okay. get into I the smoke alcohol. Weed when I'm that's drunk all right. Yeah, they are kind of tied together. Um, Shall we get into the uh, the? Yeah, I mean, I mean, here? tonight Bob approached and he said, "Tonight we're going to talk about loyalty and bare knuckle boxing." Yeah. So, those apparently go together. They do. With they drunk do. and disorderly, perhaps. Perhaps you, you never know. We never know. Buckle up. All right. So. As you guys know, the way this usually works is I sit here and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of strange little stories from my life and we'll try and anecdotally analyze them together and sort of figure out you know, what the fuck it was that I was thinking or, or if I was thinking or what have you. You know, sometimes there's a moral and sometimes it's just entertaining, right? So anyway, the story I have for you tonight is about bare knuckle boxing and it's about loyalty and how sometimes you can get mixed up with people who you trust and are loyal to and end up bare knuckle boxing as a result. So. I worked in bars I had for years since I was, you know, 17, 18. And I used to work at a, at a, at a joint that was basically being run into the ground by the managers. <laughs> so this, oh, yeah. this dude who owned the place was an accountant who bought this bar to try and save it from receivership or something. Like he was like, yes, this is a great tax break. I can do this. It'll be good. I'll own this bar. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'll have this biker and this crazy Filipino gangster guy run my bar for me. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a perfect business plan, right? Well, yeah, certainly, HBO, are you listening? Certainly, yeah, certainly <laughs> the, two, the two managers that he hired who were childhood friends, craziest story there, too, but I didn't even know that one entirely. Anyway, decided that the best business model they could run was take the money and run. So we're just going to spend as much as we can, as fast as we can, until this guy runs out of money, and then we're just going to fold up and leave. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was Sign me up. It was it was wild. So it was this Business absolute lunatic rock bar right downtown, right at Bathurst and Queen. Oh yeah, that's a good area. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it was upstairs above a pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't cathedral. Although I have worked there as well, but no, uh, it was called it was called Zen Lounge and then Fun House for a while, and before that it was Zoo Bar. But Zubar, when Zubar closed down, they just, the management, like I said, the management style changed from let's make money to let's run this place into the ground, you know? And so we hired... Managers, are you listening? So the, <laughs> the managers hired a bunch of really interesting characters, like, like me and some of my friends who were just basically wastrel kids in the neighborhood, like, who sort of had jobs in the industry but didn't really know what the fuck we were doing. And, yeah, one of the other events that occurred there on a fairly regular basis was after-hours fighting. So the bar would close down, and every, you know, every couple of months, this guy had a bunch of these really scary friends of his would show up, and they'd have, like, their champion of the week. So there was this old Asian guy who used to bring in his champions. Then there was this, uh, you know, this other sort of biker-looking dude who would bring in guys. And then there was my boss who would just occasionally pick somebody from the staff to, like, have an interesting time. So they're all, so you're all standing around like Fight Club, like have you got shirts off, like yeah, absolutely. Like you push some of the tables away from the middle of a dance. Floor. Yeah, what does it look like, really? Drop yeah. a few, drop a few mats on the floor, and literally just a bunch of guys sitting on tables, smoking cigars and cigarettes, drinking liquor, like watching a couple dudes beat the shit out of each other, like 
at like five o'clock in the morning, you know what I mean? And so there's the Asians with the Asian champ, the biker with the biker champ, and then your boss is like, hmm, who on my staff could possibly be a fighter? Well, Six story, foot 11. The story, <laughs> the story actually is where it's at. Because we had a guy who was like an Olympic, Olympic level uh, judo guy working for us. And he used to pet fight all the time. And one night, I was doing code check, which is really like, you know, knife and gun check. You, you, know, you sit there, you sit there, you have these little, yeah, literally, I'm talking like little Tupperware tubs, and the guy walks up and gives you $50, hands you like his butterfly knife and his nine millimeter, and you like put it in the tub and like close the tub and write his name on it and you put it under the shelf, right? Yeah, you, yeah you put it under the, no, you just remember. There aren't that many people, and you better remember. And you just put the little tubs under the tray, and then you sit there, right? So I was like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll just hang out and get wasted and, do gun check, it's not a big deal. Do you guys understand what you're just hearing right now? <laughs> There's code check, and he's a gun and knife check guy, if you're wondering like how legit this so that was. So that was interesting in itself. And I watched a dozen of these fights, two dozen fights, I don't know how many, lots of fights, all screwed up, just like sitting there getting drunk, getting wasted, watching these guys beat the crap out of each other. And one night, the, the older Asian gentleman who used to bring his own champions just walked in and started talking to my boss, and he was like, boss, they're talking. I see them across the room talking and talking. And they're looking at me. They're talking and talking and looking at me. And then Andrew, the, the, the judo master I worked with, he was, you know, he was supposed to fight that night, comes over and goes, all right, Bob, let's go. And I'm like, what do you mean, let's go? He's like, well, you're up. We're going to go a round or two. I'm like, what, you and me? You're like an Olympic grade judo fighter. Like you, I watch you <laughs> kick guys' asses all the time. No, no, I'm like gun check. It's cool. Like I'll be over here with the weapon. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. Come on, like the boss. You know, the boss has this. You know, some money on this. You'll get a bit. Like how about, how about a couple hundred bucks? I'm like, no, I want like a. a side thing. Like, so I start freeze. So I freeze, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna actually do this thing? I'm looking around. I was looking around. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this thing. But. No, I'm not doing it for a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, I want a slice of the action. Nice. And so I walked to my boss, and I'm like, here's the deal. I want 25% of whatever I win. I have no idea how big these guys bet. Oh I have no God. clue, right? So I'm like, <laughs> I want 25%. He looks at me, and I'm like, hey, my first fight, I'm probably going to lose. And I win nothing, I lose, and whatever, you have nothing. If I win, hey, it's my first fight. I deserve a piece, right? And he's like... All right, Bob, that's cool. That's fun. That's, nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll go there. So I go out there and promptly get my ass handed to me for like 15 <laughs> minutes. I mean, this guy's just, every, you know, get a couple minute breaks in between. I'm black and blue, bleeding out of the face. I feel like one of my molars is loose. He's been kicking me around the room, you know? Oh, goodness. And I'm thinking this is just, this has to end. But again, that cool hand Luke factor kicks in. Just like, no, I'm not going to go down. Oh, like, no, yeah. If you're going to get beat up, he's going to have to win. You're going to have to beat me. Like, I want, I want you to make sure that you win. I'm not going to lose. You're going to win. <laughs> so he's kicking my ass. And it taught me a valuable lesson about fighting, which is the very first thing I teach anybody that I'm teaching to bounce or to fight or anything. If you can't take a beating, don't ever expect to be good at fighting. Because no matter what happens, you're going to get hit. And that's the difference between someone who can fight and someone who can't. When the hits start flying, if you take one and can get back in there and do it again, you actually have a higher chance of winning. And the more times you can take one and, and keep coming, it's just it's, it's numbers, right? At that point, it becomes statistically more and more likely every time you get hit, if you don't go down, 
you might win that fight. It's the Elmer Simpson approach. Yeah. <laughs> Lean in, face first, just take a beating. So anyway, All I was getting my ass handed to me. And judo involves a lot of tugs and pulls and, and throws. And he was getting sick, I guess, of just kicking me around. So he went for, like, his coup de gras, like, judo throw, like, over the back, like, tossed me on the ground. And that would have been the end of that because, like, you know, big man landing on his head on the ground, that's it. I'm done. Well, I'm, I reach out and I feel it grab the arm and I feel the pull. And I'm off my feet and I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this is where I get to lose this fight. Like, <laughs> but as I'm flying through the air, I see his head. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the air and I just see his head. That's a meme. As I'm flying through the air, I see his head. Boom, big bob. So I just grabbed it. Like, huh. And locked up on it. And instead of becoming the, you know, the, the throw over, I become the fulcrum. And so he, I hit the ground. He whips over me. And I land on him. He did some WWF stuff. On, on his head. Oh. And there's this terrifying, like, sort of crunch sound. And oh. I thought for sure. And the feet are drumming on the floor. And I thought, oh, no. First fight, I killed some guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this. And I looked, Classic bomb. And, you know, and I, look, I look like a pound of ground beef that's been thrown against the windshield <laughs> of an oncoming train. Like, I'm just like, oh, hey, You know, like, I'm fucked right up. And my boss comes over, slaps me on the back, and puts $1,500 in my hand, cold hard cash, nice. and, goes, and goes, all right, go get a drink, good fight. And I'm looking around, and the guy's just nodding, like, oh, perfectly awesome, right? I look back, and Andrew's like, on the floor, right. I'm just like, oh, seriously? Okay. So I go to the bar. My, buddy, my buddy's tending bar, and he's just like, he's already sitting there with like four fingers of whiskey and a beer, like, on the bar, and he's like, you okay? And he's got this, like, rag with ice. You know, and I'm just like, I, I don't even know what the fuck happened anymore. You know what I mean? I'm just sort of standing by the bar, a glass of whiskey in one hand, beer in the other hand, going, like, barely conscious. You know what I mean? I'm trying to pick up the ice with the, with the beer and the whiskey. And finally, I'm like, this isn't working. I just finished the shot, put the beer back down, grabbed the ice, and just sort of laid on the bar with my face in the ice for, like, 25 minutes. Anyway, Andrew came out of it, and he was okay, and it turned out he was not significantly injured from that. Oh, thank God. Although I think he took a bit of an ego strike because shortly thereafter he had a very deep descent into crack cocaine. Right. And it might also be from, you know, years and years of barnacle boxing, crazy people at the end of the night. Sounds like he was on track. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the thing about that bar was it was one of those places where these kind of, like, extremely violent, strange things occurred on an extraordinary regular basis. <laughs> I mean, That's your I, life. And I worked with a guy, I worked with a guy who I swear was magical. He's one of these guys who, like, at, at 13, he had no skills and was like, you know, I don't know, not that bright. Mm. I, I don't know how else to say it without being ridiculously offensive. But anyway. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, just not that bright. You know. <laughs> yes, a little bit spurred. Can we, can we meme that? <laughs> but, but he, he went to Thailand. <laughs> Decided he was going to go to Thailand and become a late, Thai boxer. Late night show. And spent like, like 15, 20 years in Thailand in Thai box. And he told me about his training. When, they, when he went first got to, he planted this little palm tree. When he first got to this like crazy dojo in Thailand. They're like, okay, so you plant this palm tree, and you live here, and I train you like 20 years goes by. And the last test oh, before God. you had to leave is you have to kick down the palm tree that you planted 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Now, I don't know if you know how much fucking palm trees grow and how fast, right? But in 20 years, what looks like a cute little sapling is now 40 feet high and like this thick. And you, with your bare shins, 
are going to shin kick this fucking tree to the ground, okay? Yeah, That's you, how you graduate. You've been training for 20 years. If you can't do it, what have you been doing? <laughs> I'm just standing there. I'm yeah. just saying, though. I'm just right. saying, right. I, I don't know a lot of people who can kick down trees, okay? Like, Where is this? What country Thailand. is this? Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, it's kickboxing. But this guy, this guy could do some amazing things. Like, we have these bars, the same place the first year after I was fighting. The bar was like 35 feet long, 40 feet long. And there were candles, just like you see the candle sconces, sitting every 10 feet. He could point to a candle on the bar and then punch the bar where he was standing, and that candle would jump. So he could pick different ones, like the one in front of him, boom, this candle goes. 10 feet away, boom, that candle goes. 15 feet away, boom, that candle jumps there. Craziest thing I ever saw. I also watched him juggle a dude on his knees during a fight. <laughs> Wait, you say that as if like there was a juggle standoff and he out juggled him, but no, he literally juggled. No, he hit the guy in the face and then kicked his legs out. And when his legs came out, he went sideways. And as he went sideways, he kneed him and he went up in the air against the wall. And as he was coming back down, he <laughs> kneed him video. again and he went back up in the air. And then he was sort of going like, hoo, hoo, like he was playing hacky sack with a 200 pound man. I had to walk over and be like, okay, you got him. Like, I'll take him out now. And the guy like steps back, and the guy just goes, this bag of chiclets hits the ground, right? And it's like, okay. I'm just going to drag this to the front now. You know? You're, just, you're describing Street Fighter right now. It, actually, the guy like looked kind of like Dial. Street he didn't look kind of like Dial, which is kind of funny to say, to say the least. But yeah, huge dude. They started dating a girl that I was fucking after I, I stopped sleeping with her. Okay, and, that's a key ingredient. And, and she was like, you can't let him know that we were ever a thing. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't, and I won't. So don't bring it up like you might tell him. Like, this guy juggles people with his knees. You know, he can make candles. Like, this guy is like a character from a bad video game. No, don't let him know what I've done. Right? Is that where the loyalty aspect plays into the... Yes, that's right. One of my favorite things... One of the things out the window when you're going to get killed like it looks like Guile for fucking a girl with nice tits. Out the window. Uh, As aside from the fact that I, right. you get, that I get that to down. hear your fucked up stories, that's the main reason I love these podcasts. But the other reason is I, I love any time I hear about people who like gave you trouble. You know it happens I mean? all the time. Like, That's the thing that I don't believe either. That you would just dominate everybody. No. When you meet your match, that to me is a hilarious scenario. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> and that's, yeah, the thing is, again, everyone believes that, you know, being a giant just means, like, every day is nothing but, you know, sunflowers and, and, and buttercups. No, it's like every idiot in the world's like, I know what I am. I'm a giant slayer this morning, right? Oh. Two birds, one stone, stitch it on my belt. You know what I mean? Like, it just gets out of control. So working as a bouncer, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of guys who are just, you know, they're just drunk enough. They're just big enough uh, to be true like, enough. ha, 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 I've got a chance. And you develop, you develop, after a while, you develop that face that just says to people, no, you know. It takes a while. But once you get that face, you know, the guy walks up to you and like, hey, man, look, seriously, right up before you even start talking, do, me, do yourself a solid. Do yourself a solid. Just walk away. This is not going to end the way you think it's going to end. In fact, it's going to end... <laughs> In a gurney. Can we you know? can we see that face if we were like? So we're we're drunk and disorderly, and we're gonna be like, oh, tell him that big, he bro? It's, the problem is it's difficult to actually do on impulse. It's 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 it's, it's, it's like I said, you develop it because you're actually that frustrated with people. It's a killer instinct. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a face you can it's not a face you can mime. It really isn't. I know it because right. I've tried many times to sort of look angry dramatically. Right. And it's nothing like you can tell when you've actually done it. It's like the Gorgon stare. The room the room in front of you in like a forty foot cone just freezes, <laughs> and everyone's like. People sit down, 
they, you know, put their hands in their laps. Like it just, it's like the best behavior that children normally have. <laughs> and if and you're tired though, sometimes you just look bored. And that's yeah. when I know shit's gonna happen. Like Bob is not reacting at all. It's like someone's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Shit's, shit's going down all around him, and he's just Bruce Lee, just fucking, right, just, just silent in this. Actually, at the, yeah. at, the, at the bar my friend Scott here works at with me, uh, we've had an interesting times where I've actually been asleep in a chair, and the boss has come over and said to me, "Are we paying you to sleep?" And one of the guys said, one of the guys by the pool table, one of the gangsters that hangs out there, goes, "No, no, if he's sleeping, it's cool, but if we wake him up." It's really bad news. <laughs> so you have these guys like tiptoeing around the sleeping bouncer in the back of the club like, we're just going to play pool and behave ourselves because if we wake that guy up, it's all, it's all over. Literally <laughs> the sleeping giant. Right. Your whole life's a cartoon. <laughs> that guy juggling a guy on his knee, that's a cartoon. That story's a cartoon. Late. Same, same guy got hit with bottles in a bottle fight at the bar one night. And he got hit so many times he's all cut up. He didn't even care. He just walked through this bottle storm until at the end of it, <laughs> yeah, it's only that he got convinced that he was going to get AIDS from all these broken bottles. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like I said, he's not the brightest guy, right? So right. He, but then he started to cry. So he's in the office crying in the kitchen, in the kitchen back office, crying because he thinks he's going to get AIDS. So my bus boy... <laughs> Wait, isn't that how you get AIDS? From broken bottles? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. So my, my, my busboy takes a bucket, takes a bucket and pours bleach into it and says, "Look, bleach will kill anything." Takes a sponge and bleaches this guy's like hundreds oh. slicey cuts. Well, this like giant, insane killer dude sits there like crying in his chair. I'm gonna And this, my buddy's just bleaching him down. And I'm like, again, total madness, right? Just another Tuesday in Robert Michael Malcolm II's life. Well, it was a Friday, but yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, uh, if Tom's around, uh, can I grab another Peroni? He's like, I'm Tom's accomplice. <laughs> Even if Tom's not around, can I, I grab I another Peroni? I don't know drink beer, but tonight I'm drinking Dos Equis. Nice. Thank you. Uh, okay, I'll switch it up to, uh, I'll go Dos Equis. Do you need a beer there, Bob? No, I just ordered one. You ordered one. Good, right. good man. He knows how to order a beer after all... <laughs> you, you fucking hope so after at this all, point, After right? all this time. Yeah, after all this time. It's true. It's, I do know how to order a beer, ladies and gentlemen. It is a thing. Remember when we figured out how many beers we figured you drank? <laughs> Kareem's laughing. By the way, uh, I think the number was 64,064. 64. <laughs> yeah. Lifetime beer amounts. That's a lot of beer. And counting. Uh, also, during that, when you were telling us about the uh, the Thai uh, kickboxers who kick down trees, apparently it has come to our uh, uh, notice that our one of our producers here, Kareem, behind the camera, Kareem, you kick down trees. Not trees, but I know oh. how to kick really, really hard. I like, train Muay Thai too. Yeah, yeah. So he can kick trees. Essentially, is what trees? he's saying. Or, or what can you kick down? Shrubs. Plywood. 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 I uh, haven't tried a baseball bat yet, but. Whoa, what do you mean you haven't like tried it? You, <laughs> you think you could kick through a baseball bat? If you give me two months to train, yes. Wow. Two how months. Many, how many baseball bats do you need in Yo, two months? Yo, that's, that's a 39 drunk and disorderly's stand-up dare right there. We now have two months of training before baseball bat kickoff-a-thon occurs. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see it. You're going to see this man kick through Thank an you. entire baseball bat. Wow. Singular. 
So uh, yeah. let's get back on track Jaber. here. Um, Were we off track? Is there? Well, no. That was loyalty and that was loyalty and barnacle boxing for you. That I mean that that story basically. I mean I could go on and talk about that bar for a long time. A lot of things happened there. Let's talk My about bus boy made chlorine gas in the bathroom one time by accident. What? Yeah. Well, you know, chlorine gas is simple, right? It's just it's bleach and ammonia mixed evenly with a little bit of you know any kind of lubricating solvent. So. He, he went to the bathroom that was completely soaked in urine after a Saturday night of, like, you know, drunken horribleness in a nightclub, a full busy nightclub, oh. and, and basically splashed a bucket full of bleachy water over the floor, and instantaneously, you know, this sort of vaporous, toxic gas started to rise up, and he started to choke, and people had to leave the bar, and for that, from that point forward, he actually had a phobia of creating chlorine gas and three times thought he'd done it without actually doing it and had like a panic attack and I had to come <laughs> to come and rescue him from like hiding out on the balcony like on the, on the back fire escape of the bar because he thought he'd made chlorine gas and wasn't sure but was like tripping out too hard not to be you know he wasn't gonna go back in until he was sure what was yeah. his name we've all been there we're gonna save him from that for now oh, okay. we'll, we'll call him Jack we've all been there we call him old chlorine gas Jack that's his name huh? <laughs> Old Jack Chlorine Gas, totally whatever up. his last name is. <laughs> Here's a segue. I'm really uh, terrible with fake names. His name's actually Jack. Just off the top of your head, how many cop cars do you think you sat in the back of different cop cars? Actually, I can tell you that. I think I, think I know pretty much clearly how many cop cars. Are it actually it happens less than you'd think. Right, because yeah. I don't get charged with things. I yeah. don't get arrested very often. I just have cops walk up to me and go, really? You are, you are this guy for sure? And it's like, yeah, I'm this guy for sure. They're like, you, you, here's a ticket or something. You are really drunk and you're fucked up. Like, only a few times, probably six times in my entire life I've actually sat in a car. You think you've been in an ambulance more? No. Yeah, that's good. I've only been in an ambulance three times. <laughs> have as many, folks. You were, yeah, talk, you were talking about bare-knuckle fights. I want to hear more about, like, your fight history. Like, how many, how many, uh, <coughs> damage are these bad boys done here? Look at those. Pro probably too many. <coughs> I mean, show, I, those, show those to the camera, nice. Let, let's see those paws. Oh, my these God. Are, these, are, these are the meat hammers. Is that your weapon of choice? Are you a, Absolutely. a fist <coughs> Absolutely. I, I don't believe that it's um, <coughs> necessary for someone who can throw a punch like a sledgehammer to carry around weapons. I just don't think it's really poignant. Besides, the age of the gun has changed people's entire persona when they drink or they go out. No I mean, one's a hero anymore. It's, it's more than that. There are, there are truly villains. Mm. I mean, that's, it's more than just no one's a hero anymore. It's like you have guys who wander in with the intent to kill other people, which um, I don't think is really the case when you're just fist fighting someone. Like, we used to fist fight every Friday night. Me and a couple of the guys, Jack and a few other boys, we, we'd go out, we'd drink, you know, cooking sherry, get really stoned. You know, that's yeah. the, that's the well, stuff that gets you all fired yeah. up. Well, you're punk rockers, you're punk rockers, and it's like $5 a bottle, and it's still 15%. I mean, yeah, it's all sugar, and you, you barf a lot, it's disgusting, but you're, you're a cheesy punk You do rocker, get all right? jacked up, though, eh? So you, so you get out and get snaked, and that's just kind of it. And then, Shit. you know, we used to have a lot of, thank you very much. We used to have a lot of uh, altercations with uh, the skinheads because we were anti-racist punks and there was lots of skinheads for a while. Like Polish Nazis. 
what an ironic thing that is. <laughs> but there was, a, there, was a, there was a fairly large section of Polish Nazis in Toronto for a while. We used to just sort of, we knew where they drank and they knew what we drank. <laughs> and so we'd be sitting around drinking and they'd show up and be like, and you'd be like, oh, okay. Is, and you know, this is great. bottles to the floor and asses out the door and that's, you know, time to rock and roll. That's great. Bottles yeah, I guess that's a pretty rad in, in that industry of punk rock. If you go anti-racism, then you, you develop quite a few enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially in the, in the area you're talking about here. Like, you know, it was the 90s resurgence of skate punk, right? Right. So punk rock had sort of had like a rebirth. It was a sort of a sad, I would say, immature rebirth. But, it, you know, <laughs> it did the best it could. But, again, I mean, it was weird because you'd have these, you'd have skins and you'd have skids and you'd have all kinds of, you know, uh, racist elements. And then you'd have a bunch of, like, you know, Irish Scots with, Drinking problems, evening the score. Like, you know what I mean? like <laughs> whoops. I, mean, I remember actually that my favorite Nazi fight ever was on the subway. <laughs> Here we go, folks. My favorite Nazi fight Episode ever. Episode five. We're gonna call this. Yeah, I'm riding, I'm riding on the Brewer line, and uh, there's a, a little old Asian lady sitting in a in a seat by herself, and there's these three of these Polish Nazi guys giving her a hard time. You know, dropping racial slur to racial slur, and just you know, little old lady. And, and I was sort of standing there behind her reading a book, and I sort of I couldn't handle it. Put mm. the book in my pocket. I was like, "Yeah, skin rags." The guy turns around. I'm like, "You're really bold. Pick on like an 85 year old woman on the subway." I'm like, "So I guess it's my turn. So why don't you pick on me for a while? We'll make it easy." And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, blow, blow." But he got halfway through that, and I was like, "No, we're not really listening." We're fighting now. We're not talking about you being a skinhead. We're fighting about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I grabbed him by his ear and smashed his head against the window where the doors are. You know, the doors closed. There's a little window in the door. And I broke the door. The door bent outward, and the door wouldn't, you know. So it's like not, not you know, the, the train's going through the tunnel, right? And you know, his friend's like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly how this is going to be. The next stop, the next stop arrives, and this one guy goes flying out onto the platform. You know, two of the guys are running away. And there's this little old Asian lady cackling like she's never seen anything funny in her entire life. Made her life. And nobody else on the train. I mean, this is the thing about being a Nazi. You've made your choice. You got your Nazi pad, your swastika patches on, and you're you're wandering around. People don't care if you get killed in public. They don't care. Not a lot of sympathy. They really don't. There's not a lot of sympathy. It's It's like, hail Hitler, and then you, like, run over by a truck, and everyone's like... Hey man, did you see that truck get damaged over there? <laughs> Aww, poor Nazi. It hit that fucking Nobody speed ever says bump. That, eh? Aww, poor Nazi. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. There's no sympathy. Aww. So people Aww, like people look up, guy. people look up from their newspaper, and watch this guy get thrown onto the onto the platform, and then just beaten within an inch of his life, right? And they're just like, oh yeah. Back to the Financial Times, you know. Another Nazi beating. How are my stocks going? It looks like Himmler's getting his ass kicked again. Like, they just don't think about it that way. It's not. But anyway, so again, two things to remember. Nazis never get sympathy. And medical boxing does not need to loyalty. Not necessarily. Is that the moral of this episode? No, that's the point of the episode. Oh. Morality has nothing to do with this. Okay. <laughs> what was it again? What's the point? Nazis have no sympathy. Nazis never get sympathy. And medical boxing does not always lead to loyalty. Hmm. So Are we... I think we should go to audience questions real quick. Uh, you got some Big Bob uh, audience questions here? Let's turn it out to the audience. Alessio, what do you want to know about Bobby? 
Yeah, Les, uh, just for everyone at home, just so you know, we have Alessio in the audience tonight. He's a special guest. We're very, very fortunate to have him. <laughs> what's uh, and, and Jim, Jim, we love Jim. Alessio, what's your question for Big Bob? Mm. I met the tallest man in Canada not that long ago. Oh, I know him. Oh. Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to come to one of the, the booze cans that I worked at sometimes. He's <laughs> the only guy I know. Yeah, of course. Who looks actually kind of like me, but is literally head and shoulders taller and wider. <laughs> so it's like the way most people stand in front of me and go, I kind of got to stand there and be like. <laughs> and you know what? I, I didn't say it. I, I swear to God, I didn't say it. I know the temptation for everyone to be like, you're pretty big. Is this is is there on the tip of your tongue? Because every motherfucker says it to me, right? <laughs> but I just stood there and I smiled like this, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, just bask in it while you can. And I was like, <laughs> and a long I think he's time ago, seven seven, seven six seven seven, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, yeah. So he does kind of like got you by a bit. But he's also yeah. he also weighs me by like at least 150 pounds. Right. How old is he? Like uh, old late 30s. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. 40s, mid 40s. I don't know. He's older than me, but not by much. Okay. I'm 37, so. Okay. And then uh, there was a time when I was 18, I was walking down Young Street, and I walked into a pair of, they were like Austrian or, or Swedish twins <laughs> coming out of the this corner store, and they were each like seven foot three apiece and like, you know, like happy mountaineers, you know what I mean? Like just, just like massive Viking dudes. And that was another one of those times where the first guy came out and I was like, huh. And then his identical twin comes out, and I was like, huh. <laughs> and I was like, that's not a humongous dude on one street corner. And I looked around, and everyone else on the street corner seeing me and these two twins, they're all going, huh, wow, there's a lot of fucking giants on that corner right now. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's like you just stumbled into WWE camp. Like yeah. You just stumbled across a yeah. tag team wrestling duo. Yeah. Totem pole corner. You wasn't the hit squad because it was too public. Right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Is this a, no. Oh, no, it can't be. <laughs> Some people say that you uh, look like wrestlers. What do you get? Is uh, Do you ever get, um, like, lookalikes? Yeah, I get What's a lot of them. common? Well, obviously everyone's like, you're like going through the giant. I get that one. I have that's, got that one forever. That's how we met you. You were playing. Yep. Yeah, that's your, that's your mistake. Because I, I decided after a long enough time, like, well, shit, I'm just going to double as the guy. See how that goes. <laughs> and sure enough, it's like instant acting part. Like, yeah, you want to be under the giant? Like, do I want to be under the giant? Are you Are you sure I want to be under the giant? They're like, you got this part. Like, it's you. Let's, uh, let's practice it. Ready? Uh, stop all that rhyming. And I mean it. Anybody want a penis? Mm-hmm. Come on. That's pretty all amazing, right there. <laughs> Thank you. But I also, I also, I also get Big Show and uh, and Undertaker a lot as well because can, I like the long hair and the whole deal, right? Can you do a? This is your close-up <laughs> camera. Can you do a like Undertaker eyes rolled back into your head for the camera? Probably not. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gong. Then do a uh, bell chimes. Do a fist raise, watching over the things. Do a fist raise like uh, Big Show. You don't know his thing? I don't watch wrestling. Just um, all you do is like with conviction, just throw up the one fist and then kind of look forward like you're ready to like throw somebody out of the club for real. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty big That's show, good. right? Yeah. That's big show if yeah. I've seen it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you are a giant, watching other giants in tights pretend to fight each other, is not so much a thing. No. Really. Come on. You can admit it. 
Go ahead. And then what? <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're right. Oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. You got me. You got me. You love watching giants in tights. I love watching giants in tights <laughs> pretend to fight each other. It's, it's all I do. It's my... Uh, he is thing. one of those giants. That's the next meme right there. Okay. Yeah. Good thing we've got that written down. Any other audience questions? Jarrell? Dan, Dan, is this your first time meeting Bob? Who? Dan? Dan, wait, who's Adam? Adam, Adam, Adam. I'm looking at Dan, I'm like, Adam. I'm Polish and I can't believe there's Polish fucking Nazis. Uh, you know what, I couldn't, I swear to God, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't believe it either, and when I found out these guys were Polish Nazis, I mean, we just thought they were, you know, Nazi muffins. But when I actually was, you know, saying out some other, some other ARA punk rock dudes, the guy's like, yeah. There's like a serious problem with these Polish Nazi guys. And I was like, what? <laughs> Polish Nazi guys? Or, yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. They're like, you know, anyway, yeah. Like, how did that start? There was just a handful of Polish guys at Auschwitz were like, you know what? They have a good point. Like, <laughs> like hmm, you know? <laughs> they may have steamrolled and destroyed our country, but that's okay. You know what we should do? We should dress up just like them. We should That's march around and impress people, because that'll work out really well for us. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I don't know who said it, but you know, if if you victimize the people enough, you can only expect a certain backlash to become very much like the victimizers, right? I mean, you, you see that happen all the time. Whenever dictatorships overthrow countries or political powers assert each other, uh, to some extent, yeah. To some extent, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You see that backlash. Right, you're always gonna see. You're always gonna see. Um, not even to say backlash, but you're also you're also gonna see people emulating their oppressors because that was the power structure they were brought up in, right? I mean, so you, they know that this is a road to domination, whether it's a good road or a positive road, and it they'll works, emu yeah. emulate the same terrible values that oppressed them in order to be, you know, to gain power themselves. And it, it's it's the bitter nature of evil creating itself, right? That's why it's four times as worse when they've never had anything bad happen to them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and that's exactly what you're talking about, you know. You third, third generation Canadian Polish guys who are like, yeah, we're Polish Nazis. And it's like, man, read a book, please. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, goddamn. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm sure there are like 10 minute YouTube classes you could take that would make you smarter than you are now, you know? They didn't have YouTube back then. You hear that? No, Polish they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. You hear that, Polish Nazis? I'm still here, <laughs> and I'm... I ended up fighting a total of four times, and I won three of the four, and the fourth was just a massacre. I that was it. I was never doing that again. You got massacred. Oh yeah. Oh, tell us quickly about that. Uh, the Asian guy brought in a dude. Straight from China. It's because they knew now. Like, you had already yeah. had three wins. Yeah. Right. Straight from China. So was, I don't know what he was trained in, but he was highly trained. Guy was fast as lightning. Um, threw punches like sledgehammers. Uh, it was unreal. Uh, knocked me out in probably three minutes. TK, like a TKO, like... I hit the floor, and I was like... Bleh. Yeah. There's a little bit of smelling salts, and I kind of came back around, and there's a four fingers of whiskey and a beer, and I'm like... <laughs> Spent a little bit of time standing by the bar going... Bleh. One of my favorite noises is the noise that you make when you get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was how, big, how big was this guy? He was like a little... Uh, no, he's about, about six feet tall. 
but he was just lightning fast, you know, kicks over his head, just everything coming at you all at once. It was amazing. Like, but I learned a lot about fighting from the guy. They didn't kick that hard that many times. It was like, wow, you can really get broken fast, and it doesn't take much. Like, I didn't break any bones, and none of the, you know, none of the sprains or bruises. Well, I mean, you, you took a truck. So I would, I would hope that you could take, like, well, I don't know. I would assume. Well, a truck is near semi-permanent injuries. Whenever it gets cold, the joints still loosen up. It's, that was a bad, that was the worst I ever got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually how I know that, like, fighting was a thing, but car accidents are real. Like, and well, these, uh, uh, what was the worst fight you've ever had? Oh, this truck beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> SUV caught me in a crosswalk. We had a disagreement. I lost. Well, because cause me and Lies go to the gym, and there's a guy who, on our way into the change room, he's a uh, Muay Thai or whatever, and he kicks oh. this bag, and when he kicks it, it just I, sounds we like... We walk by, and I, like, <laughs> it makes me flinch and cringe. Like, he just, like, gets, he, he gets, like, in the zone, it's, and then he, he gets just, awesome. like, it's just like fucking boom, boom. He it's like, like gets, gets set, he, like, like the does the, the, the breath, shaking, and the like, breath, like, or whatever, like, and, like... Feel my vibration. Can we talk about yeah? If, like if you took it like like me, like I'm like I'm like this stick. the term bag of chicklets, oh, right? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> one of those would like put me in half, like. Yeah. Right, like you got to be so tough just to kick something that hard, because like I feel like that would hurt. Me. Like I could never do that because that would kill my leg. I'd probably break. I the would leg. I would kick it as hard as he did, and then I'd Hence just be the like. kicking down trees <laughs> thing. I'm right back to that again. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, That's a lot right. of crazy right there. Well, I, yeah, what got me out of it was watching Pride videos from back in the day, Pride fighting, and watching guys break their shins trying to kick each other, and I'm like, ah, I don't for want a, to. For a split second, when you said Pride videos, I thought you meant like gay parade videos. I'm like, how does that? I really yeah, wanted to uh, fight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a couple of five well, parade. He was a Polish Nazi. That's what it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of pride as a Polish Nazi. It didn't work out well. I didn't want to fight. Put on my chainmail bikini and got into the fight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to fight after that. Nice. Well, boys, I feel like we did it. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, I think we got some serious money. That's our story. Time. story. I think we're... Uh, Any more questions and comments, concerns? We're good to wrap We've got around. the title no, for that one. Well, uh, we just want to... Oh, we we like got one, one quickie. Like, how, how tall are you? How tall six is he? 6'11". Yeah. My friend is 6'7". Uh, yes, he is. So he's shorter. Well, fuck <laughs> Fuck you and your six, seven foot friend. When he grows a few inches, he can have his own podcast, okay? So, <laughs> we'll finish, let's leave yes. it to professionals. Okay? You must be this tall to podcast. That's how it works. To so. podcast at 39DD Show yeah. um, at the Instagram handle. So we want to say thank you to. To Lars and myself and Bob, and most importantly to all you folks for showing up at the 1830 and the staff. These guys are amazing. Give it up for them. Rocky and everybody here uh, did a great job representing, and we're here on a Monday night downtown Toronto. Thank you, and tune in next time. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye.